Hi, this is Netta. Happy Easter week, or some people call it Holy Week. I absolutely love the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. I get a lump in my throat. I get gratitude in my heart and joy in my spirit to think of what Jesus did for me, to think that my sins put him on the cross and what he did for me. I get to live for him. You know, Christmas lasts like a whole month, basically, right? And we have a zillion traditions attached to it. And then Easter just sort of like pops up, happens and goes away every year. And I, and I don't like that. And every year I'm trying to add something to, to just rejoice and revel in the meaning of it. This year, I've really, my heart has just been focused on one particular scripture, which is a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah like hundreds of years before Jesus was born, from Isaiah 53. Now, if you've been around church for a while, or you know a bunch of the old hymns, um, you may remember the the song that was like, he, I won't sing it. <laughs> sorry, or, or maybe if I, um, not sorry at all, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Okay, that's like super old school King James. And you're like, what in the world? Let me read it from Isaiah 53 verse 5 in the New Living Translation. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole and he was whipped so we could be healed. There are four things that that states that happened to him and what it did for us. I want to break those down very briefly, um, one in each of the four of this little mini series. So today, I want to talk about he was pierced for our rebellion. So pierced means wounded. Now, if you are familiar with the story of the crucifixion, you know that there were two thieves who deserved punishment, that were crucified on either side of Jesus. And crucifixion was such a torturous way to be killed that um, it would last sometimes for days because they're just slowly suffering and slowly suffocating. So to hurry the process along, the Roman soldiers went along and they very often broke the legs. Oh, I say it so flippantly. It sounds, it's horrible. They would break the legs of those being crucified to, to hurry the process. But when they got to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. And so they didn't break any bones, which also fulfilled prophecy. But the soldier took a sword and they pierced Jesus in the side. And it says that blood and water flowed out. Now, piercing, I often think of a sword. You may think of ears and earrings, okay, (laughs) but that's not what we're talking about. Um, Pierced, it means wounded in this case. Oftentimes, um, piercing also makes me think of, like when we think of a sword, like getting stabbed in the back. If we, it also means belittle, like to, to put someone very low. They're wounded, they're treated very, you know, like they're a horrible, lowly person. And you go, Jesus was wounded. Um, When I hear the word wound, (laughs) thanks to my husband trying to entertain me on long driving trips (laughs) in younger years, he would, we would like try to think of gross words to gross each other out. And that would keep us awake on like long nighttime drives. And (laughs) he would say wound, he would say like, 
like oozing, seething, pussy wound. Ugh. And then I would like gag and start laughing and there was no way I was going to nod off. <laughs> but wound, like it's a horrible, ongoing, deep kind of thing. You, I'm sure, have experienced somebody stabbing you in the back like emotionally and relationally. Um, maybe some of you have literally been stabbed. I don't know. Um, but it leaves a wound. It doesn't just leave a wound um, in our, our emotions or in that relationship, but it often leaves a wound in our mind. Like it is something that is lasting. And it's also belittling to us sometimes. And you go, Jesus took that he was belittled and he had hurt in his heart hurt in his you know this relationship it it was deep what he took for us and he did it for our rebellion to be forgiven now rebellion is the opposite of authority rebellion is refusing to obey now you're probably in one group or the second group. The first group being maybe you have never committed your life to Jesus. You've never admitted the fact that you cannot have a relationship with God and you cannot live um, a perfect life on your own. You have to have Jesus. And if you're in that situation today, that's easy. If you're going, I need that then you simply ask him, Jesus, forgive me. My sins have kept me from a relationship with you. I give myself to you. Okay. And that is you turning from your rebellion and accepting what he did for you. Now, if you're in the other situation, that probably means you have done that. You've already given your heart to Jesus. So here's where we are, possibly most of us. Rebellion, like that sounds like, you know, the people that leave home and they do horrible things to their body and they make terrible choices and they end up in some sort of a rehab scenario. Like sometimes that's what we think of rebellion, that it's just like the worst of the worst. But really it means refusing to obey. Ugh. Refusing to obey. So in my situation, that might mean something like I'm sitting in the waiting room waiting for them to call my name to an appointment of some kind. And I pull out my phone and I just feel like God whispers to me, don't go to Instagram. Just sit and look at the people and pray for them in your, in your heart. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay. And I pull out my phone anyway. And pretty soon I've been on Instagram for 15 minutes and they call my name. That is refusing to obey. That is rebellion. Stinking. Like, he died for that. And, and I still do it. Now you might go, oh, that's no big deal. That's disobeying. Right? We, we'd say that to our kids, like, don't go outside until you take out the garbage. And then they do. And it drives us crazy. We're like, why can't you obey me? Even the smallest things, right? Just, it's a small thing. Why can't I obey God sometimes with the small things? Like we figure, oh, I've got the big things in order. It's the small things that don't matter. But when you pile up a lot of small things, it's not small anymore. Jesus 
was wounded and belittled because I am a hothead who refuses to obey in the little things way too often. And I have to come back around and say, please forgive me because I want the little things to to bring you glory. I want the little things to bring you a smile. I want the little things to bring you joy, Jesus, because you died for me. You were belittled for me. You were wounded for me because you love me. It's not by any works of righteousness that I could possibly do, but only because of your love, you died for me. Oh, friend, I, it's not to be nitpicky. It is not to, sh- to throw some sort of guilt on you, but to go probably all of us listening to this have all the big things in order where, that we obey God. In. And I use the word big. You know what I mean? It's those little things that we have an opportunity this week. Let's put them into motion. Has he told you to contact somebody and you haven't? Has he told you to write a note to someone and you didn't? Has he told you to apologize to someone and you cannot get yourself to do it? See, but those things bring him glory. And I want to bring him glory this Easter week and beyond. And I know you do too. So let's not have his pierced, wounded body be in vain. I'm going to repent of my rebellion the moment I start to even think about it. I want to repent and I want to obey and bring him glory. Happy Easter week. That's just a little piece of my heart.